0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory, Glory to you. Be Lord. Lord. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for forty days, tempted by Satan. He was among wild beasts. And the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel of the Lord. Okay, we're getting put through the paces. You know, this is uh, Lent, Lent's first Sunday. right? It's always the temptation narrative. Uh, you might remember Matthew's version of the temptation narrative or Luke's version of, of the temptation narrative. Uh, quite, quite long, very detailed, uh, the, um, the challenges that are, that are put to Jesus and, and how he resists and, and refutes them. We have almost none of that this week, okay, we have really just a couple lines. The Spirit drove Jesus out of the desert. He remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. Okay, that's Mark, right? This is the way he writes his gospel. It's, and it's, uh, it's beautiful. Of course, it's based on the preaching of, of St. Peter, who was a man we know liked to get to the point. So uh, this, is, this is just getting to the point of things. You know, we, we're not even told whether or not Jesus achieved victory over the Satan or the devil, um, but we're led to believe that, of course, he has, because he came preaching the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. God's rule is coming to bear. Repent and believe in the gospel. Give up whatever runs contrary to the will of God. Right? Whatever runs contrary to his plan. And instead turn to him and go his way. Right? This is, this is the embodiment of Jesus' teaching. Okay, So let's just take, let's take a look at what's going on. I'm going to try to focus uh, really quickly on one particular part of the passage and, and see where we can go from there. But I want to see, look, in the beginning, the Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert. We're supposed to see from the beginning of Mark's Gospel all the way to the end. Jesus is the this, this Spirit-possessed human. Yeah, this sounds a bit strange for us, and I think some of our Trinitarian theology is helpful there and not helpful there. I don't want to get into it, but what I want to say is The gospel narrative gives us that much. Jesus is driven out by the Spirit into the desert. Jesus is obedient to the promptings of the Spirit. And we'll see, of course, that's a great Lenten theme for us, obedience, right? What we do, our practices that we take on, the penitential practices of Lent, the disciplines that we're committed to, they're all oriented towards obedience, hearing and heeding, the call of God, hearing and heeding the call of God. Okay, but we see, something in, we see something peculiar in the middle of this short passage that I think warrants our attention. We see, he was among wild beasts and the angels ministered to him. Okay, there are any number of uh, echoes or, or allusions that, that we're meant to catch here. But I think significantly, we're driven right back into that theme of man being the heaven and earth creature Right, because we have here the wild beasts. Yeah, we have the we have the, the creatures, just I don't know, possessed of flesh. Right? There's these are this is the, the horizontal plane, as it were, right? Just the wild beasts, and then we also have the angels ministering to him. That vertical plane, the life of heaven. And Jesus is standing at the middle of the two. Right? And it's not again as though. Jesus is, or that we as human beings, because Jesus here is uh, representative of, say, true human nature, right? He is the truly human being. So he stands not just at the center as you know, a third category. Right here we have column A, it's just the stuff, like the material stuff of the world. Here we have column B, it's the, it's the immaterial life that, that we, we don't see, but we, we interact with in certain ways. And then here's Jesus. He's a mix of the two. Yeah, he, Yeah, it, we are a mix of the two, right? We are. We're body and soul. We're embodied souls. But it's not simply that we're a mix of the two. It's that we're made to be the hinge of the two. Man is made to be a hinge of creation, of, of the vehicle, right, of the conduit between heaven and earth. We're made to bring the life of earth to heaven, and we're to bring the life of heaven to earth. Okay, Jesus, as the the truly human being, as the one possessed by the Spirit, is going to live the truly human way, and then we, by faith, will follow him. And we see, yeah, as he goes out among the wild beasts, he's not consumed. And two images that we can have in mind that both conduce to the same end are, one is that he's protected from being consumed by the wild beasts, yeah, and we can see that in the story of Israel. They're always surrounded by their enemies, but they're never consumed, right? Even Daniel in the lion's den is somewhat symbolic of, I'm not saying it didn't happen, okay, but <laughs> I'm going to get busted for every little detail today, I'm sure, because it's Lent. <laughs> okay, so it's <laughs> symbolic of, the, of Israel, right, S- surviving temptation and trial and, and the rest in the, in the midst of wild beasts that are prevented from chewing them up, Yeah. There's also another way of looking at that and saying, yeah, this is, this is the, the great climax of, of civilization is, is coming about, the great climax of creation, when peace will reign throughout all of creation, such that Jesus can be among the wild animals, and peace and harmony will reign there. He's gone out into the hinterlands, right? He's gone out into the desert, I mean, we, we say, We might be inclined to say, well, it's a place of tranquility and peace and the rest. Like, he's taking a 40-day retreat out there. I'm not entirely sure, right? It can be the place of chaos and confusion. And, you know, I guess those two are not mutually exclusive. If you've ever taken a good retreat, you're probably going to confront some chaos and confusion. The chaos and confusion of your own heart and life, right, that then needs to be brought um, under the rule of Christ Jesus. But this, so Jesus is out among the wild beasts, and he is then... Experiencing the, the um, uh, he, he's experiencing either protection out there or the coming of, of God's peace to reign over the entire world. Either way, he doesn't simply hang out there, he's coming back, right? And when he comes back, he comes back with full force, still possessed by the Holy Spirit, preaching the time of fulfillment. Yeah, that same peace that is achieved out there is to be brought to bear in every place of otherwise chaos and confusion in the world, right? Every, every way that Israel is protected out there, Israel is protected by, by um, holding on to the, to the promise of Christ Jesus, holding on to his proclamation and following him in faith, making order as they go out of the, say, the raw material of God's creation, making this new creation with Jesus. Okay, I want to get back into this. He was... A, among wild beasts, the angels ministered to him. Man as a, as a heaven and earth creature. Because the man as the heaven and earth creature is, an, is um, a reality that we experience, par excellence, in the Mass. Okay, it's, why is that? Well, here in the Mass is represented Jesus' sacrifice, his Good Friday sacrifice. The Good Friday sacrifice to which our whole Lent is oriented. Right, because we're, the Lent is, is offered to us as a fast before the feast. The feast is the triduum. Right? The feast is Jesus' death and resurrection. So we're gearing up to participate more worthily in Jesus' death and resurrection. And we do that primarily at the Mass. Okay, so we, we see here, we not only see here on the altar, represented for us the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross... We are made to offer ourselves in that offering, in that sacrifice of Christ Jesus. So this is the the Mass is the divine victim offering himself to God, his Father, and we, the faithful, offering ourselves along with him. That is the source and summit of Christian life. So here at the Mass, we are um, activating or having God activate in us our priesthood, our common priesthood, by which we bring the stuff of earth to heaven. What do I mean? Well, we're, okay, yeah, we're embodied souls, okay? We're bringing our hearts and our lives into this exchange. So everything we have and everything we are, right, that horizontal plane, everything we have and everything we are, we're turning over to God in the sacrifice of Christ Jesus, right, through him, with him, and in him. We're offering ourselves whole and entire to him. That's, that is a movement of bringing earth to heaven. Okay? And it doesn't stop there. Because by virtue of our bringing and making that offering, bringing ourselves and making that offering, we are made fit to bring heaven to earth. We're made fit to receive the fruit of that sacrifice, namely the, the risen body and blood of Jesus, We're made to, we're made fit to receive him into our bodies, into our hearts and lives, and then make that, make the power that we receive, right, the power of heaven itself, to make that power active in everything we do. And that's what it means also to be a spirit driven person. So just as Jesus is driven by the spirit, we are, we are people driven by the spirit. We receive the spirit. We're receiving God's own life of love we have to make that active in every practical way as we go, bringing heaven to earth in everything we do. I want to, I want to give a visual example, in part just to stir it pot, because that's, that's what I do, that's what I do, okay? But also because I think that there are many images available to us to help us realize what this heaven to earth reality looks like. Okay, so how many of you watch the Super Bowl? Okay? So we've got some Swifties out there. Um, some... <laughs> Y'all don't look like football fans. Okay, anyway, so we got some football fans out there. Got some... It's just a thing you've got to watch the Super Bowl, right? Okay, so there was a commercial there. He gets us. Now, don't think you know where I'm going to go with it, okay? So let's take your time. A deep breath, probably, through in through the nose and out through the mouth. Okay, deep, breath, deep breathing for us, okay? He gets us. Let me say this, and I'm gonna ruin it right away. I love that commercial, okay? I love that commercial. Okay, now let me, let, me, let me say something. The commercial is, say, representation. Representations, people washing other people's feet. Okay, that's the heart of it. Now, if that's all you see, and take away the chatter class, the people who are making money off of criticizing it, take that away, and just look at those images, and go, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. You know, because what's happening is, okay, in, as we, we're going to see toward the end of Jesus' life, he washes his disciples' feet in the upper room. This, and from that point on, and we're supposed to be particularly focused on the animating principle of Jesus' life, what it's been all along, but it takes special focus in his passion and death. The washing of the feet all the way to the end, all the way to the cross. And I could say the cross, you could look at this and say, this is the supreme act of washing feet. In the sense that it's the supreme act of embodying the life of heaven for the other. Okay? And because we follow Jesus in faith, we're made to be an army of foot washers. I've been saying this, I've been saying this for years. we we'll have to ask Joanne for how long I've been, because she noticed first when I was saying it. Well, I've been saying it for years. We're an army of foot washers. This is why I love that commercial, because I'm, because I'm looking at an army of foot washers, okay? Now I'm looking at people, and the depictions are edgy. They're a bit edgy, right? And they make you feel feel uncomfortable, right? It's like there's someone washing a woman's feet outside of a a family, quote unquote, family planning clinic, right? That's kind of edgy, right? There's all kinds of things with people on the margins and people who otherwise believe themselves to be rejected by Christianity getting their feet washed by other people. Okay, there is, there is a challenge there, is challenge there for everyone. Because let me, let me say this, I'm gonna, I'll break it down from our side of things. There are many reads of the thing. Okay, so even though I'm inclined to tell people that they're wrong and, and I'm right, okay, I, I don't care. I'm gonna give you my read and you can deal with it. Okay, and you can have your own read and you can offer it to me and I'll reject it out of hand. Okay, so no. <laughs> I will. I will do the charitable thing. I will receive your read, and I will hope that you will receive my read. My read is this. There is no Christian action that is not inspired by charity. Can I, let me say it in a different way. If it's not inspired by charity, right, so our actions, our lives of human endeavor and activity and the rest, in all these difficult places where, that are depicted in that commercial, If we are in those scenes not animated by charity, we are not doing the Christian thing. Okay, so you can be in any of those places washing feet. It means that you're in that place inspired and animated by charity, by the life of God at work in you and working through you. You can be in that scene, but you can't be in that scene if you're not inspired by charity. If you're not living a spirit-driven life, then whose agenda are you serving? Okay, the agenda of God is radical self-giving. Why, because he in himself is radical self-giving, and he, he created us to, to be in his image, we're made in his image and likeness. Okay, this, so this is, this is the point of focus. I say like, we have all these penances, disciplines, whatever, Lent and, and the rest, we're engaging, right? We're doing the stuff, we're doing the stuff. Let's just also shoot at the right target. The target is charity because that is the life and power of heaven. We don't want to be operating by any other power. Because then we'll be among the because then we are the wild beasts. We get to live spirit-driven lives and bring order and peace and harmony to the wild beasts, but we'll only do it by love. And so we commit ourselves to God and his cause today. We give ourselves over to him in charity, in thankful praise. And we receive his own life of love so that we can...